Welcome back to LeashCast, guys. Here we are, new episode. So much to discuss. I apologize so much for the delay. This is not the time frame in which I am planning to have podcasts going forward in the new year. It's been a lot of um, planning and production and development issues and nothing that can't be solved, just a lot of personal family stuff going on right now. Um, Ironically, tonight, I just like, I can't, I can't get over this shit, honestly. Like stalkers, people that ring your doorbell, people that try to break into your home. I mean, I don't understand what they try to achieve with this. I mean, thankfully I was again raised by like the head of the department of corrections of the state of Connecticut. So I'm not dumb, but I mean, I'm also a woman and just physically I'm incapable of taking down a man. Well, I wouldn't say, well, physically they have the advantage. Let's put it that way. Um, there's many ways of taking down a person, but I shouldn't have to be put in that position. And I was just thinking of that tonight as uh, stuff was, you know, occurring locally and uh, just realizing how it was growing up for me uh, on the water and stories my father used to tell me about how people will try to break into homes by the shore uh, during the winter season and uh, during the holidays, especially because of gifts, you know, uh, couples that will put in the newspaper like, oh, we're getting married on such and such day. Um, And then we're going on our honeymoon and blah, blah, blah. Like robbers will literally, you know, lip look up. I mean, I mean, now it's the knot.com and everything else, but they would look in the newspaper for ads of when people were going away for honeymoons and they would go rob the freaking house because it'd be stocked with gifts they could resell. So, I mean, I was raised around this, so I'm not dumb. So I guess my point being that when I do ask for a friend to kind of step up or anybody to kind of come by, it's a big deal (laughs) because for me to say that, that means like shit's going down. You need to come by now. Uh, and it's just so important for people to have friends around them and those that they trust, um, and believe in to have their back. And, and that's something that I was thinking about tonight, um, when I was getting ready for this episode, which has so much, so much to, to, I mean, dive into. I mean, it, it, we're talking from Epstein to Weinstein, and it, again, no hate on the Jews. There's many Jews I love. I love my Jews, many of them. But um, there's a lot that goes into the holidays, and a lot of great things, and beautiful things, and a lot of magic. But there's also a lot of things that people should be. Uh, weary of and aware of as my dad would like to say always to me be aware and I am and I guess the only thing that bugs me about people is when they second guess other people hold on a second Chubbs is like looking at the window right now Chubbs everything's good buddy um like for me and and I will chalk it up to they just don't know me well enough yet but it's like 
for them to be like, you know, maybe you farted. (laughs) I'm just making something up. Or maybe you heard something like, no. For me to say something happened, uh, something happened. And uh, for most of my, I, I can't speak for most of my friends, but for me, for me to say a legit situation happened and I need you here now that that means exactly what it is like I'm not a bullshitter I don't beat around the bush and if I hear a noise if I hear not actually I'm also not a person that if I hear noise I'm like calling people I got eyes everywhere I'll leave it at that I got eyes everywhere if I have eyes on a suspect on a person okay I will call a friend so that's the first thing I'll do before I even call law enforcement. So that's a big thing for me to kind of get out there is that if you don't have cameras, my God, this was early on in my podcast, get fucking cameras for Christmas. If your friends are listening, get them a fucking camera. I'll buy you one. Shit. I probably won't, but I'm kidding. If you share any of my podcasts, maybe I will, but and that's not a joke. I, I, I may. But you really need to have them. Like, it's, it's something that people need to have. Because it completely shows your truth in what you are alleging. And then there's no gray area. Like, I, I am a person that hates bullshit. I hate wasted time. I hate wasted seconds. And I hate wasting others' others time. I mean, that's like the worst thing. My time, I can't stand, but other people's time, it's like, oh, hell no. Especially people that I care about, forget about it. So, um, this really went into a tangent and I I did not expect it to go here, but, um, if you live by the shore, you'll understand that during the off season, a lot of people will try to kind of test out homes see which homes are around people are living in homes that are worth breaking into and they test them out I mean I remember I was little and my dad I just have this this is a crazy story I mean many of you guys will laugh at this but or or find it really weird fucking really weird but I just remember my dad like we on my second floor of my house my the, the beach house that we lived in all year round winterized and I mean really winterized I never felt cold in that damn house that my grandpa and my dad fucking winterized never and we had a wood burning snow stove snove as I look at the snow outside or actually the snow on my windows um that the girls sprayed but no it, it I mean in all honesty it was so warm in that freaking house I remember so warm that it was hot like it was too much where I'd have to crack a window on the second floor and you know heat rises so so needless to say here I am going to bed and the wood burning stove is on and I remember you know the second floor it was my bedroom then it was like a master bath with a jacuzzi um two sinks so it was like his and her sinks which was like the main bathroom for my parents and it was my parents' bedroom. So it was like just my bedroom, my parents' bedroom, like the master. And then it was like their master bath. But it was between our be- our bedrooms. So 
here I am. I'm like, I hear something. I hear my dad like getting up because like you at that age, I was like, maybe like, I don't know, seven to 10. And that's like a big, I'd have to say like nine to 10 more. So nine to 10, I hear like rustling, whatever. And I get up and I, you know, open the door quickly. And I see my dad and his like whitey tighties, like no lie, whitey fucking tighties, like running down the stairs because we're on the second floor and we have to go down to the first floor to get to the the deck literally that I mean like when when I talk about like ocean front I mean like the waves hit my fucking house so my dad would go down the steps and then one door and like the ocean is right there so I see my dad like running down in like Hanes whitey tidies and I just didn't think anything of it. And I remember later on in life, like, I was like, dad, what the fuck happened that day? Like, that was so, like, now I have anxiety and it's just something that I I live with and, and deal with. But like, now I look back on that time that I, I felt this need to ask my dad about. And he was like, what do you mean? And I brought it up to him and he was like, you have, you, he, I remember him saying, he's like, you have you have stress about that day like you remember it and I remember talking to him about it and like discovering that I have anxiety and um I was in my teens and I said dad yeah I'll never forget you know you were like running you know my dad was like six four and like whitey tidies like you know as a young girl I'm like what the hell is going on right now like we're supposed to be asleep and like my family was very regimented and scheduled so which I love and that I think really forms an adult uh, properly. I mean, many can disagree with me or whatever, but I think like early childhood, having structure and having some sort of routine, um, and I'm not even going to say early childhood, like throughout your life, structure is everything. And for me, it was very, very important. Um, or I'd get sidetracked. And it just came down to that where it stood out to me. And I remember telling my dad, you know, dad, yeah, I mean, like, what the hell? You're supposed to all be asleep. Everybody was asleep. My brother was asleep. Mom was asleep. For all I know, you were asleep and you're running down the damn stairs in your whitey tighties. And I don't know what the hell's going on, you know? And he told me this story and he said, you know, there was these guys trying to break into homes. They were, they were jumping on the, the actual, like, um, what do you call it? Like, I don't know how to explain it to people that don't live on the water. It's like you have like your seaside wall. So where I grew up, you had to have like, you couldn't just have a deck and then your house. Like we had a lower deck, but that was only when it was like summer or it would be totally taken out during the hurricane season, which is like winter. Um, and, but they would come during the off season and they would try to like climb your seawall is what we would call it and break into homes and get whatever they can. So there was, there was people trying to do that. And my dad, um, took to action, took care of it without even alarming his family. I mean, for all I know, he didn't alarm me. I can't speak for the rest of my family. I don't know what my brother knew. I don't know what my mom knew. Um, but for all I knew, my dad was going downstairs in a rush because maybe he had diarrhea. I don't fucking know. But like, I mean, the story was crazy. And I mean, to this day, you know, my dad has passed and we all know that I worship my father. I mean, he was incredible. Um, 
it's like the way he fathered, the way that he did things, I mean, it's incredible. Like, I never knew half of the shit that was happening. I think that's the best... I don't know. Maybe you guys can disagree with this, but I think that's the best way to parent where you are really shielding your kids from as much as you possibly can. I mean, again, many will differ on that perspective and say like, well, if you're doing that, then how are you saving your kids? Cause you know, shit hits the fan. And I completely agree with that. You know, I mean, there, there came a point in my life where it was like, listen, like the, you know, padded down life of daddy, you know, having your back doesn't help you in every aspect, but, but it also teaches you that you can depend on certain people. The problem is, is when you lose them, when you lose them or you are burned really badly by somebody that is very close to you, do you start to then, uh, withdraw from that type of mentality, you know, where you're like, whoa, and then the anxiety kicks in. So in just general anxiety, a lot of people, and I'm not, you know, a psychologist in any regard, but I studied a little bit of it. And friends of mine who studied psychology have said to me, like, your trigger was your dad's death. And and a lot of people, I mean, I mean, a parent dying is huge. I mean, that's like your lifeline that not like, take like out. That is your lifeline, especially if it's someone that you're very close to. So you know, that was a big thing for me. And this situation recently of people, you know, knocking on people's doors, trying to, you know, get in, break in, whatever the hell they're trying to do. And it could be like a joke. I mean, it could be, you know, high school kids, it could be whatever. Like, I know otherwise, but I mean, it could be anything, but it's a trigger. And it's a trigger for anybody. And for me, For me, I'm not the girl, and it's very important for people to know this, I'm not the girl that cries wolf unless there's a fucking wolf at my door. And it's so, like, today was crazy because today was nuts. I I had a moment where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to handle this myself or I'm going to, like, reach out to someone that I know and... I did, and I feel like so many people don't understand how important it is when someone reaches out. Like, it's a big deal, you know? Like, it's a big deal. If someone is like, listen, I need you here. Like, they need you there, you know? Um, And I guess my... I don't want to, like, tell anyone to do anything, you know? It's like, it's not my, my place to do that, but my advice to people is the best Christmas gift you can give someone is really listening and understanding what a person needs Um, and knowing and getting to know their personality and knowing that some people, they don't like to ask for help. I'm one of them. I I like never ask for help. Like it's almost like debilitating. Like I, I could never ask for help. Um, like I said, to a point where it it aggravates people. But there's this aspect also that people forget is like, okay, so there's people that have a very hard time of asking for help. So on the other end, if you care about them, then you'll understand that and go, hey, 
okay, well, what can I do for them to help them out? Because I know that they literally are incapable physically and verbally incapable of asking for help. Like it, it, it irks them. Irks isn't even the word. It, it shuts them down as a, as a human. It, it, they were trained in their early years to never ask for help. So they can't do it. Um, and it's, it's not their fault. So I think there's a lot of focus on people, you know, in the world saying, oh, we'll just ask for help, just ask for help. But I think so many people don't discuss or talk about how hard it is to ask for help and how prideful people, especially people that are raised in homes where you're told every day, like, you know, you don't succumb to anything. You don't ever ask for help. If you ask for help, you're weak, you're weak, you're weak. Like if you're told that all the time and you're going through something like you just become depressed at the thought of asking for help. So you're not capable of actually physically, verbally doing it. And, um, it's, it's become like this mission of mine in so many ways when I started my podcast to always implement some sort of way to talk about this because it's not discussed a lot. It's just if you're in if you're in need, if you, if you think you're suicidal, then just call 1-800, I'm going to kill myself. Well, you know what, motherfuckers? Like that's not the way it works for everybody. Like a lot of the time people don't know how to do that or they were told or they were taught that doing that makes you weak and they are already feeling weak. So why the hell would they do that? You know? So, um, I don't want to get into much of this and, and get too detailed, but I've had friends struggle with numerous problems. Um, and again, I'm not going to get detailed and divulge the details of it, but at some point I will do it and do it anonymously. But those things taught me that I need to do something major and um, I'm still working that out for those that don't know how to vocalize that they have a problem. So let's say you have a problem, let's say you're struggling with something and you don't know how to vocalize it or you were taught not to and if, or let's say you were beat into a pulp and said if you say something, which I'm not speaking on my behalf, but I'm saying like, I know people like this, like if you say something, like I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So they're literally trained mentally not to say anything um, negative or or detrimental to the other person. And that becomes innate. Like they, they physically cannot say something negative about their abuser, let's say, or whatever. And they just turn to uh, substance abuse or or crazy other shit that they're doing this is major stuff. And this is, this is something that, you know, when people say, if you are a victim of, again, call 1-800-I-GOT-RAPED, 1-800-I-DRINK, 1-800-I-DO-DRUGS, 1-800-SOMEONE-BROKE-INTO-MY-HOUSE, um, 1-800, like, there are people that don't know how to say that, or are not comfortable saying that. And that's okay. And I feel like society has not um, made that something that is okay. 
or said, listen, I know that you're scared to speak and we have another option. Okay. Like there needs to be emails. There needs, I I, actually, I don't want to say too much because I don't want someone to take my, my idea on what I want to do, but there needs to be other ways of communicating and getting your feelings heard so that the person, the victim, can still maintain their strength and keep the fear that they have, you know, under bay and that they're not so scared that they withhold from discussing what the problem is. And I think that is where so much has to come out in society in the new year. And um, again, I didn't expect to get into this because I, I really want to get into Epstein and Miss um, Roberts and her response to Epstein. So let's get into that. <clears throat> More coming in the new year. I'm sorry, I just coughed. But like I said, I don't like to edit. So Miss Roberts finally... Uh, after a little bit of time, not too much time, I think she took enough time to kind of deliberate with her attorneys and her family and whatnot. Um, after Prince Andrew's, oh my God, disaster interview with, uh, what is it, like B- BBC or BCC or whatever the hell it is. Um, I hate to even say that because the interviewer, the the woman was incredible. Again, like I just will never forget her hard hitting questions, even when it got awkward, even when she was in the royal uh, domain. Did she ever stop and say like, oh, maybe I should like cower to this guy? And she never did. And she was like, you know what? I'm here for a job. I'm here for the fucking views and and the listens and everything. And I'm going to do my job and I'm going to make him squirm. And she did it. And it was beautiful. And I think that it, it wasn't biased. I think that she did it for the right reasons. She was all about the truth, which sometimes the truth is hard hitting and hard to listen to and hard to deliver and hard to accept. And um, she did a great job. So nonetheless, Victoria Roberts finally came out with her statements and um, a lot more came out, uh, quite frankly, she started to discuss things um, about what Prince Andrew said. And of course, she was just like, you know, one of us is telling the truth and it's me and it's going to come out that it's me. He knows what he did. And um, it's about time that he's he's open and honest about it. So the facts remain that, you know, subpoenas are being... Uh, written up for Prince Andrew. So if he ever comes to the U.S., he's going to have to speak, like, no matter what. Um, I say that delicately, because, again, it's like Victoria Roberts went to, you know, um, the British police, and they were just like, yeah, okay, so you were raped by the prince. Uh, Okay, thank you so much for telling us. Like, we really appreciate it. And she's like, well, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And they're like, um... Yeah, thank you so much for telling us. Like, I can't imagine being a young woman, having that happen to me, and then having the police listen, and you having to divulge this to men, nonetheless, which happens to be, like, you know, the person that, the gender that um, assaulted you, and how much that took 
from you to talk about everything. And then, which I'm sure it wasn't just one, I'm sure it was like a bunch of them. And then they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks. Like, you know, like that moment for me, when I, when I saw her discussing this, um, in her response to the, to the whole, you know, Prince Andrew situation interview, you know, she didn't say it, but I'll say it. This is why people don't come forward. This is fucking why. Because if you go to the cops and you're like, listen, I was sexually assaulted, raped by a prince and the officials that are supposed to be protecting you are like, yeah, well, we're not going to really look into that. Like, thanks for telling us, though. Do nothing. Then the next time that happens or if anything like that happens again like you're just gonna go what's the point because you're gonna have actual facts and a memory and history and a realization of wait I tried that and it didn't work so I really understood her in that sense of her discussing that um she didn't really get into it as much as I just did but she said that she went to the British police and they basically did nothing. And I said to myself, like, I need to talk about this, like on my next podcast, because she's not discussing it. I'm sure she will in court, but there are so many men and women that have been abused. I mean, physically, sexually, um, verbally. And this is why people are abused and then are abused again and again and again and again because they probably have said something and then nothing was done and back in the day it was just known that nothing was going to be done across the board like no matter you know if we're talking about hollywood the church um you know the royal especially royals especially people with money like forget about it so you know, look at Epstein. Like, he got away with it for so, so long. Like, there was actual um, voice recordings from girls discussing um, what had happened to them and how Epstein took care of them and why they would go back because he would get them a taxi and it would pick them up from school. And, you know, it was like, it was like two, three hundred dollars for, um, you know, someone at my age. Like, excuse me (laughs) literally don't edit um chubbs just moved closer to me that's proof a lot of you guys don't know this but i'm like super allergic to chubbs but i refuse to not have him or any dog or (laughs) okay that's like nailing it in the coffin that i'm allergic to dogs and cats but i refuse to say that i'm allergic to dogs (laughs) or short-haired dogs. But anyway, what I was saying was I'm very allergic to cats. If you bring a cat, like I'll start like yakking. Uh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. So back to what I was saying. So the girls were, um, on voice recording to the police and these were actual live recordings of, you know, very young girls, like I, from 12 to 14 or 15. And they were discussing how, Epstein was picking them up via taxi at their school and in, in an area of, I think, how was it, like, the southern part of Palm Beach, um, excuse me again, 
and it was an area that was more, uh, I hate to say it, more impoverished. And to me, it's just sick. It's like the classic MO of like someone that's trying to, you know, one up somebody. And he was like, he was going after girls that didn't have money. They came from areas of Florida that, you know, they were struggling and they didn't have money. And he tried to wave a few hundred dollars in their face to try to get what he wanted or not, not just try, but forced it on many girls. And a lot of the girls were asked, well, why did you come back? And they said, well, because at my age, 200 or $300, like I was just priorly trying to say, was a lot of money. And as uncomfortable as it was, or as semi-comfortable as I was, or as I question, you know, how comfortable it was, whatever it may be, it was $200 cash in my pocket. And I was able to bring that home. And that, I'm not crying, it's literally my allergies to the dog. <laughs> literally, it broke my heart to hear that because that's what they wanted. They wanted that type of girl. They wanted the girl that was in a tough situation that she was showing that she needed them and they just took advantage of it. And that just broke my heart. And, you know, Virginia Roberts, sometimes I call her Victoria because I always like forget it. Like it's Virginia, but she changed her name now. And I don't like saying her new name uh, because I feel like there's way too many people probably like after her as it is and I don't want to like say that but it's the facts but Virginia I mean she was at Mar-a-Lago and her dad was like a tennis instructor or tennis coach and he got her the job and she was like a runaway and she was homeless for a while so she was like right you know just the right fucking specimen for Epstein I mean she was just you know 16 years old like was sexually assaulted and super vulnerable and they just got their hooks in her and it was by his girlfriend Ghislaine Maxwell and she was like oh you know uh Virginia Victoria or whatever I like to say but it's it's Virginia um Virginia you know I know this guy you know if he likes you come to the house blah 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 you know if if he likes you then and you do a good massage like we'll make you a full-time masseuse and, and make you professional you know all this shit up the ass well that's not the right choice of words but you know what I mean um and she took bait to it I mean you guys gotta think back to when you're that age I mean like I think back at that age like oh my God, like if someone ever gave me that opportunity, number one, the way I was raised, like there's no way in hell any of that would have got past my father. But I think if I didn't have my dad, like, oh my God, I would be prey, you know, like anybody would. And these girls were prey. So Virginia goes there. And of course she feels safe with, um, Epstein and she's there with Maxwell and you know Virginia said and this is this is by her response after Prince Andrew's interview she's saying listen like 
in hindsight, like it was like now I'm looking back, it was weird what I walked into, but like back then I didn't know. And, and, and allegedly she walked into a room and Epstein's like naked there and, and Maxwell's there and she's like, listen, I'll start rubbing one leg. You start rubbing the other and you just follow my lead. And she's like this 16 year old girl. And she's like, okay, like whatever. Like I don't, I don't have much ahead of me in life meaning what this is literally what she's saying like I'm thinking like this is like a step above for me this is gonna you know catapult my career I'm gonna do whatever they say and then they start asking her questions and personal questions and she felt safe with them she felt like she could tell them that she was molested that she was homeless that she lived on the street and that was the worst thing she could have ever done and that's what she said um as of as of recent i mean it it was just like when she was saying this i was like oh my god like this was this was exactly the bullseye that that they wanted to hit and they they got it with you and and that's what she said she said once they realized that i was this past victim of sexual assault that i was this damaged goods per se they just knew what to do next and then it was like that day that first day that she went there to massage epstein they both epstein and maxwell sexually assaulted her and then she was raped and allegedly i have to say that so um and she said you know it continued and she traveled and and uh, the biggest thing that so many people are getting on her about is that she has apparently like messed up on one allegation of the location of where the assault happened and 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 honestly like i'm not a victim of this but it's like are you fucking kidding me like virginia said it herself you know just recently we black out from shit like what it happened epstein had multiple homes many homes we were trafficked all over the place so if i screwed up maybe new mexico to you know the british islands or the u.s virgin islands or new london or i'm literally saying like i don't know branford connecticut i don't know east Haven, say whatever but wherever epstein had his homes it doesn't matter it's like it's that i love what she said she said it doesn't it's not about the location. It's that you don't forget the person cowering over you in this like disgusting position. It's something that you'll never forget. And that is something that, I mean, she's just pouring tears and it was just so real to me as a woman. I mean, I don't, I don't know for other people, I can't speak for them, but, um, I definitely believe her. I believe the other multiple other women where the stories are, they coincide completely and they completely align and they've, some of the women have never even spoken. And I think that's very telling. So let's just talk about in the sense of, you know, truth telling, if you've never spoken to a person, all right. And you guys can describe the bedroom of this individual to a T you know, and describe where the sex toys are and, and how he liked things. And I mean, I'm just going to get into it. The shape of his dick. Like, uh, yeah, I think, I think we're onto something here. So Virginia, uh, is someone I believe, I think she is extremely brave and I think it's disgusting that Prince Andrew is not telling the truth. However, 
I do suspect that in the future, he he will. And I know that a lot of people are going to say like, no, no, there's no way he won't because he's like Maxwell's like right arm. And that's true. They are very, very tight. They're both British and they are the connect to Epstein. Like Maxwell and Prince Andrew were very, very close. It wasn't like Maxwell and Epstein you know, then became friends with Prince Andrew. Maxwell was very close with Prince Andrew and kind of was like, oh, my plus one is Epstein. Like, he's my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And that's how they connected, Epstein and Andrew. So Epstein is now dead. We all know that. He, and I say quotes, hung himself, aka someone totally offed him, but allegedly. (laughs) And Maxwell is gone. She's like completely gone. She's in hiding. Which, I mean, all right, I'm not going to say anything because it's like when it comes to, you know, criminality and like, you know, the criminal justice system, like, okay, innocent and to prove him guilty, like, we get that. But like, she, come on. Like, if you know anything about this story, you know, she was the procurer of the girls. And when I mean procurer, I mean, she was the one that went out and got them, which is so sick because you think in sex trafficking, it's the guy, you think it's a man. But my God, there's nothing more nurturing than a woman coming over and saying, oh, you're so beautiful. Have you ever modeled? You know, I know this guy, you know, and I'm not saying that's what she said, but it's like, you're so beautiful. Like, or, you know, trust me. I mean, I'm so sorry. My allergies are like off the chain right now, but it's the truth. Like, who do you trust more as a female, a woman or a man? I hate to say it, but like, if it's a woman, it's just natural. You're just like, okay, it's softer. And you're, there's this nurturing aspect and you guys can all hate me for that, but that's just the way it is. I mean, naturally. Um, and that's how it was for these girls. And they, they use that against them and in a, in a very bad way. And, um, that's what happened. And and that was kind of her, her job to be that, you know, cure of women and she was, but she was also, and now it's coming out more and more that she was also like the one that cracked the whip and she would show up in like the British Virgin Islands and she would come and crack the whip on the girls and be like, are you doing what you're supposed to for Jeffrey? Like, are you fucking him? Are you fucking his friends? Like, are you doing like mind blowing shit, you know, and, and it's all coming out. And these girls were so bullied by this woman that there were girls that literally they took i mean not some allegedly all of them they took their passports the ones that had them and these girls even without their passports were planning to swim off the island girls that didn't even weren't professional swimmers okay they were like anything is better than where we are so think about it that way think like it is so bad okay you have no identification you have no way but it's like fuck this i gotta get the hell out of here i gotta i gotta get away from the abuse and the only way i can is by swimming into shark waters like i mean holy shit all right for a woman to say that you know in a deposition like that multiple women that is serious shit so that's where we're at right now. So Epstein's dead. 
Virginia's not holding back. She responded to Prince Andrew like, listen, we have attempted to get you to get on record. You're not, but we will keep trying. And if you come to the U.S., you're going to have to because that's how the U.S. works and because you're going to be subpoenaed. And, you know, I I think that it's going to come down to either he's going to have to speak and and it's the royal. So it's like, I think... Queen Elizabeth, who I is the OG and I love, is gonna be like, all right, listen, motherfucker, to Prince Andrew, like, you ain't gonna say shit about yourself. You're gonna sing like a canary for this Maxwell chick, your little friend. And I think that's what's gonna happen. I think that eventually it's the it's gonna get so hot in the kettle for Prince Andrew that he's going to have to talk. But I think that not, I think this is my own perception on the whole interview. He's scared shitless because Maxwell has literally has shit on him. Like she has video surveillance of him doing the dirt multiple times, hundreds of times. And this is my opinion, um, allegedly with these young girls. And, um, and that's what these other girls are saying. Like, you know, there's even housekeepers that said like, did you ever see Prince Andrew get a massage? And, and multiple housekeepers are like, uh, did he ever? He got multiple ones daily. I could say, you know, comfortably that he got one daily by young girls. So anyone that follows the story knows that it all started out with a massage and turned into something else. So like if he's getting a massage daily, at least one a day, and he's saying it never, ever happened. What the fuck do you guys think happened? Like, this guy's a dirtbag. So, um, Epstein's gone. All that's left are, are, I mean, the scumbag that's left. And uh, the scumbags, or shall I say. I mean, Maxwell, she's running, but she... I mean, she's in Brazil, for all many of us know. And from many of those that follow this in-depth, you know, the in-depth level that I am at, you know... No, in-depthly. Yes. No, sorry. Chubbs. Chubbs is trying to intercede on the podcast, but we're good. So, like I was saying, so for those that are listening to this whole story in-depthly, many have speculated and have seen Maxwell in Brazil. Now, it's a great place to be in her position, but she, I don't think she can run forever, but there's also people that know her, I mean, beyond better than I do, that, I mean, I don't know her at all, but people that know her personally, they're like, she'll never be found. So it's like, what does that say? To me, that says that she has exorbitant amount of connections to hide her identity and has the ability to hide all of this and that she was almost prepared for this to happen, which is very scary too. So it's like, well, what really happened to Epstein? You know, like who really often, um, a lot of people speculate like the Clintons, you know, Queen Elizabeth, like allegedly, um, Maxwell or like people in France or like higher, higher. I honestly think like it was someone even higher up in this like pedo ring that like we we would never even know about and would never ever know about so i think that it's it's something that is so in depth you know i watched this one thing once and it was really scary it was about the cartel and it was a a drug trafficker talking about in full mass talking about how 
they were laughing and they were completely masked and they said like oh you think drugs make money you you do drugs once it's done you got a human i mean you could hit that how many times and i hate to use it in that you know in that way but think about it and that tells you how much money is made in human trafficking like it is not a one hit wonder it's something that they can pass around multiple times and all of the money that they're making off of that human before they die is astronomical and it's horrible to look at it that way but that's how they look at it and that's why it is such a epidemic so i didn't even get into harvey weinstein which is like honestly like oh my lord that whole thing and i'll just touch upon it i am disgusted harvey weinstein situation is just like a disgrace the whole me too movement was to stop this shit from happening human trafficking women being you know used and abused in the workforce and in a sexual way these women basically just sold the hash not basically they did they sold away the hashtag me too the entire movement that changed the lives of so many people for money it was a 50 million dollar plus deal you know, 25 goes to the lawyers, 25 goes to the victims, and it's and it's like done. And that's what it is. And I hate to break it down to everybody that way, but that's fucking what it is. And it makes me sick. It bothers me to an end that I honestly, if I was a victim personally, I would never sell that off. And I would be the one person on the board, okay? I'd be the one victim that would be like, are you guys kidding me? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, this is so much more than money. And how could we walk away from this and not look at the reporters and be like, it wasn't about money now? Like, because it, it is now. Like, it literally is. So that is my perspective and opinion on, on the whole Weinstein thing. It's really, really disheartening. And it really sets the tone going forward for people that is not in the right way that it should have been. I mean, there was such a way to set this up for hollywood to kind of go whoa like what are we fucking doing like we need to really watch our, our our stuff and and really be careful with what we're doing and now it's like oh as long as you can pay the the, the right amount and the right number then we can make anything go away and that's really what it always was about so you know that's my opinion many of you can disagree and i i you know i respect your opinion but that's how it's coming across and it's to me very disheartening and um i think at the time of everything that's going on with epstein and his victims it's just the worst thing and i just hope that the victims of epstein um get some sort of justice because he freaking he never got the justice that he really deserved no matter what happened to him whether he took his own life which i don't believe or someone killed him he it, it just wasn't the justice that he deserved so that is that my friends thank you so much for listening if i'm not back before the holidays i apologize but i will be back regularly after the new year and it will be three times a week monday wednesday friday and um, I look forward to having you guys as listeners and those who have stuck by me. Thank you. And those who have not got into the holiday giveaway. I hate you. Just kidding. I love you guys. If you if you haven't, it's OK. But if you haven't, you're missing out. So 
listen to it, obey it, (laughs) as I like to say. And many of you will maybe be in the running to win something. So it's a surprise gift. It's um, something that I want to give out to someone that uh, has been loyal and someone that has actually shared uh, their favorite episode of mine throughout the year. It hasn't been a long time running, and I understand that, but something that you really enjoyed through LeashCast, uh, share it, tell me which episode, and uh, I would love to know, and that will allow me to then know that you are participating, and then I'll put you in the running. So I will attach what you have to do in the next uh, segment of this episode, and you just follow that, and you will be in the running to get something cool for the Christmas holiday. All right, guys, happy new year if I don't hear from you and you don't hear from me. I'm promising some sort of something before the new year, but I don't know if it's going to come out before the new year. I'm hoping that it does, but I don't know if I'll be able to get it in, but I don't like to schedule anything because I think that's not fun that way. So either now or a little bit later, something's coming in the new year. And um, until then, guys, stay safe. Merry Christmas and happy new year. It's giveaway time here at LeashCast, guys. I want to give back to all my loyal listeners. Your support has been incredible in this first few months of podcasting. It's absolutely unbelievable. And I want to do something special. So to enter the giveaway, this is what you need to do. You need to like me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To enter, you need to, under my post that will say giveaway, you need to like and comment under the post that says giveaway on Instagram. When you comment, you need to do this. You need to write, I listened to the giveaway and I shared whichever episode you like, okay? So whichever one you like on LeashCast, share it. Say which one you shared and say how many times you've shared it. And I will be looking for those who have shared the most. And I will announce those winners on Christmas Eve. So we have a little bit of time and I hope you guys enjoy LeashCast. I love you guys. And here's to an amazing new year. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being on board. And I'll be back before you know it.